You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands in the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I'm joined today by Robin Russell and Ruth Schaber, who, oh my gosh, their titles are just incredible. Uh, We are really all about moving diverse founders forward. I'm going to let them share their titles with you because there's a lot to cover here, and then we'll get into why this conversation is so incredibly valuable. Ruth, if you could start and share with us a bit about who you are, your title, and your organization, uh, mostly starting with Terra Health. Sure. I'm the founder and and president of the Tara Health Foundation, which is a foundation that's committed to the intersection of gender and race, particularly in the issues of um, women's health and economic empowerment. But it's important to know that I'm also an obstetrician gynecologist, and I had a long and robust career both as a clinician and also senior executive at Kaiser Permanente. Uh, just, you know, just a small, small titles there. No big deal. Quite, quite a storied history. And so clearly why you're doing the work that you're doing today. And uh, similarly, Robin, if you could share a bit about your uh, focus over there as well. Great. Thanks, Laurel. I'm the senior director of the Diverse Investing Collective at the Terra Health Foundation. And I'm working with Ruth to stand up this collective, which we're going to share a little bit more about with your listeners um, later on. Yes. And uh, for those of you listening in, Robin and I connected because we are so aligned on this mission to drive more women and specifically more women of color to invest and understand why investing in asset classes like venture, like being even an angel investor is really about creating a, a brighter future and why this no longer can be considered an access class. Um, it's really about giving access to all and educating and empowering more women and women of color to understand how to invest and build a brighter future. So I think that's a great lead into talking about the Investor Collective and why this is so mission critical. Absolutely. And if I can jump in a little bit, Laurel, and tell you a little bit about this book that I wrote with uh, Patience Maramay Ball called The XX Edge, Unlocking Higher Returns and Lower Risk. When I started at the Tara Health Foundation in 2014, it was with the intention of being 100% mission aligned. And what that means that it is in addition to our grant making, we wanted to make sure that all of our capital, so all of the ways that we invested our money, um, was also aligned around our mission of gender and, and race. And so in every asset class, we thought about what's our debt strategy? How are we going to lend money? How are we going to invest in early stage companies with venture capital? How are we going to think about public markets, whether as an investor and which stocks we were going to pick or which mutual funds but also in thinking about shareholder engagement and how we were going to um, work with the companies that we are invested in. So and across all aspects, so in hold them accountable. Yeah. And what, and what we found was that our portfolio was outperforming, not because 
but but not despite being gender focused, but because we were gender focused. And that's what led us to write this book, The XX Edge. And where can people find The XX Edge? Thank you so much for sending over a copy, by the way. It's a fantastic book. And I think it's, it's really um, inspiring, but also gives a lot of the kind of baseline education and empowerment that I think a lot of women specifically need. I don't know about you, but it's been my experience as I'm out there raising my fund one that women just have a, a, a harder time understanding the different asset classes, or they just haven't had a seat at the table. I mean, that's really the truth of it. They haven't had a seat at the table, whether it's in their own financial uh, you know, world because it's been their partners that have been in charge of it, or they just kind of close their eyes and don't, or their ears and don't want to participate. But I love that the book has such a, a broad swath in terms of the education and empowerment piece. So please share where people can find it if they're so interested. Absolutely. So first of all, um, it's important for your viewers, your listeners to know that um, all proceeds from the sale of the book go to our nonprofits. But the book is available on um, Amazon at barnesandnoble.com. Um, and um, you can actually go to the Simon & Schuster website to find out where else you can find the book. Um, but I think, you know, the, what, the point you bring up, up about women as investors is a really important one that what we found is that um, wherever women show up and have a seat at the table to make financial decisions, that those decisions tend to be more sustainable, um, tend to have higher returns or less risky. And it's because women bring their lived experiences to the table. They, they tend to understand the problems that need to be solved in the world. And it's um, important for, for women to understand that they actually have this power, that they should be confident rather than shying away from investment decisions, that they should lean into them. Because the track record is clear that having diverse teams at a table, not just men, but men and women, not just white men, but but um, people of color as well, that the, the decision making is more sustainable, more innovative, and more likely to create um, the types of financial returns that we all want from our investments. Absolutely. I mean, that is the most the, the biggest piece, and Robin, you and I were talking about that, people keep asking the question, like, well, if we are seeing that when there's a diversity of thought, diversity around the table, diversity in decision-making, diversity in investors, diversity cap table, how, you know, all the ways that the returns are better, why is this not just the way of the world? And Robin and I had a very uh, heated conversation about it because we both are so passionate about this particular conversation. I mean, the truth is it's just, it's systemic gender and racial bias, period, full stop. Um, Robin, you want to add a little color to that conversation? I know you have a really strong perspective on this as well. Well, I think it's a it's a matter of changing the way we think, from flipping the script and, and realizing that the world is, you know, is the way it is because we've made a series of decisions and we've designed, designed it this way. It's not some sort of natural order, right? And so we can just as easily make different decisions. So instead of saying, prove to me that women or people of color are better investors. It's like, prove to me that a completely homogenous team made of people who've all have the same lived experience is somehow going to outperform. And I just, I have the thing I love about the book and I, the thing I love about the Diverse Investing Collective is that we're really evidence-based. I mean, this is the right thing to do, but for us, it's the smart thing to do. And there's so much evidence about um, women as investors and diverse teams outperforming. And if you'll permit me, Laura, I'll run through, I don't want to inundate folks with stats, but you know, we talk about this in the book, new companies with a female founder perform 63% better than those with all male teams. And this is according to a study by First Round Capital. 
McKinsey yeah. has their sort of main report, 2018, Delivering Through Diversity Report, came to a similar conclusion. Gender diverse teams are 21% more likely to see outperformance and profitability relative to peers. Women-run hedge funds outperform the average of larger hedge funds by a margin of 6% over a six and a half year period. And you know this actually is a recent study that just came out, 2021 study from Vanguard. It looked at investment teams for over 2,600 U.S. active equity funds from 2008 to 2021 and found that mixed gender funds where a fraction of females is greater than 50%, but less than 100%, exhibit the strongest performance. They outperform the benchmark by 47 basis points per year. And what's really interesting about that is they looked at all male teams and they looked at all women, all, all female teams. And it was actually that mixture. That's the magic sauce of mixing together diversity of thought. And there is emerging evidence about racial diversity as well, right? That if you get people with different lived experience around a table, you're going to avoid blind spots and you're going to get better outcomes. So um, I won't I won't go into all, um, all the details and all the stats, but the book is full of them. And we are really basing this on evidence um, as, as we go along. I mean, I love the stats. I think that it's so critical to back it up with with numbers, um, you know, but the, the truth is that the proof is in the pudding. And we've been screaming this from the rooftops for many, many years, and yet very little has changed. And that is the thing that I, I think is why I wanted you all to be on this in this conversation today. But what else can we do to make this change possible and go out there and create more diversity of thought and more diversity on cap tables and and, and through an investing lens. Uh, because the truth is, is that I think the number backslid during the pandemic in terms of uh, 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 funding and fundraising in terms of uh, diverse leadership. So what can we do today to make a difference? That's a great question, Laurel. And, and I think, first of all, just like I said with your previous question, that, that women need to, to recognize the power that they have and to not shy away from investment decisions. But the other thing is that at a, um, it, wherever you sit in the ecosystem of capital, if you're a voter, you need to think about who am I voting for? Who's running my local school board? Who's running at the state or national level? How can I make sure that there's a diverse team of people making the decisions on behalf of my tax dollars or my schools? Um, if you work within a company infrastructure, if you're looking at um, new hires, making sure that you're interviewing a diverse a slate of people, not just the same old, same old. Make sure that you're not just hiring people that look just like you. You learn more from other people. Um, mentorship, um, promotions. We know from, from the literature that women tend to wait to volunteer or to be asked to be promoted, whereas men are more likely to take on a new role, even if they're not completely prepared for it. So as a boss, we need to recognize that um, to pull, pull women along, pull people of color along into positions that they might not otherwise have volunteered for and give them the support, give them the mentorship so that they can succeed. Um, the companies will be stronger for all those things. And, and another place that's important if there are entrepreneurs or people who are in venture capital or angel investors, that when you look at the team that's starting a new company, that's designing a new product, make sure not only that there are women on the team who are founding that company and designing those products, but actually that they're out in the field interviewing the, the people who are likely to use that product. So many times over history, products have been designed without full consideration or full 
input from the people who are expected to use those products. I think one of the, the examples that we talk about in the book that many, many listeners may already know about is the car industry with crash test dummies that mm-hmm. crash test dummies dummies in the 70s were designed with the prototype average male body and so they didn't think about well how will women's bodies behave differently in a crash so the next time there's some new important product um, development some incredibly important innovation like car safety was in the 70s make sure that the full population is being um, tested and considered and and driving the input into how that product should be designed so there are so many ways that your listeners can get involved and do things to um, make sure that we have more diverse diversity in um, driving our innovation i love that we're gonna take a really quick break we'll be right back Hi guys, me again. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about our award-winning marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We're a full-service digital and experiential agency, meaning we do it all. From event management to content creation, branding, web design, and social media. We're a small but scrappy team of both data nerds and quirky creatives, and we're here to make you look good. After this episode, let's chat about how we can elevate your brand and take you to the next level. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I'm chatting with Robin Russell and Ruth Schaber, who are from the Terra Health Foundation, but really have such more impact from a global perspective with the XX Factor or XX Edge, rather, and the Diverse Investing Collective. Let's talk about the Diverse Investing Collective a little bit more, because I think that's also another area where um, where, where more women can get involved. Robin, can you share with us the, the collective and what the mission is there and how people can get involved? Absolutely. Um, well, I know we started this conversation with the evidence. We have to always make the case mm-hmm. uh, for for why this is a good idea. But look, the evidence is in. And actually, the evidence has been in for some time, right? Diverse teams make better decisions. This includes investing teams. And and Ruth, actually, with her background as, a, as an OBGYN and a systems designer within the healthcare system, um, shared a really interesting stat the other day. And Ruth, chime in, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think you were saying it takes 17 years from the time a new study comes out to a time that uh, to the time that healthcare providers fully adopt it and actually change their behavior. So that's where we're in right now. We're in this phase of behavior change. The evidence is in and the question now becomes how do we get people to change their behavior? There's a lot of talk about this. Everybody talks about DEI, everybody talks about hiring more women, finding more people of color. Um, but we're not actually seeing the needle move. You know, uh, women have been 14% of fund managers for 20 years. That number has not changed. And people of color are also significantly underrepresented as a portion of the U.S. population. So there's a lot of talk, but not a lot of action. Okay, so what are we going to do about it? First of all, we think what gets measured gets done. We've set a bold goal. We want 33% of assets under management to be managed by gender diverse and racially diverse teams by 2033. So for us, (laughs) AUM is power, right? We Mm -hmm. wanna move away from headcounts. There are a lot of DEI reports out there and they're good and, and we appreciate them saying, we've hired X percent of our workforce as women, X percent of our workforce as people of color, that's great. But when you peel back the layers, you find that those people are often in junior positions or maybe mm-hmm. they're in other positions, support positions, senior positions like HR, PR, but they're not necessarily managing the money. And we think who controls capital 
matters. So first things first, we want to set this goal and we want to see more money in the hands of diverse teams, gender diverse and racially diverse teams. And we are doing two main things to make this happen. Number one, we're standing up a public dashboard. We're using investment data to measure progress toward our 33 by 33 goal. But the other thing that may be of, of interest to your listeners is we are creating a coalition of asset owners. So these are this is everybody from high net worth individuals to foundations, to endowments, to pension funds. Um, you know, women are set to control upwards of 50% of wealth That's by right. 2030. So yep. if you are listening to this and, and you have wealth, please um, call us, email us. But we want to look at A, we're calling on these asset owners to look not just at the ownership of the firms managing their money, but the teams. Because again, those diverse teams are going to outperform. And once you look, and I think you're probably not going to like what you see, because we've actually started already doing this with a group of asset owners. It's not pretty. <laughs> the teams are very homogenous. They're largely um, white guys. No offense, white guys. But call we call them pale, male, and stale, Robin. Male, male, you don't stale. Gonna offend any of our audience and, here and with look, that. No, no, no. We, <laughs> we, we men have a really important role to play. Totally. Um, absolutely. We All we're saying is bring more chairs to the table. This is not about replacing anybody. This is about saying you are, you're leaving money on the table. If you don't have the perspective of women and people of color, they have different lived experiences, different ideas. And let's make sure we have that diversity of thought, because again, this is not a nice thing to do. This is a smart thing to do. Totally. That's exactly why I launched my fund. I, I saw those stats and I thought, if not me, who, if not now, when? It takes people like us in this room and hopefully a lot of you listening in to make change and have real impact. Um, but it starts with a conversation. It starts with really believing that this is the model of the future, that it is time to create more equity and parity in this very pale, male and stale space, which I know you both agree with. Um, you know, my biggest concern and issue, as I've kind of already voiced, is that the education piece, there's such a, a not a, I don't like the word struggle, but it requires a lot more to um, uh, convince a woman to invest than it does a man because of that risk factor or risk uh, aversion, I should say. It's that same thing that you said, Ruth, about a man going after a job when he's maybe 50% qualified versus a woman who's at 90% qualified. Is it that, um, is it that lack of, uh, of, or is it that fear-based mentality that has actually provided better benefit at the uh, boardroom's table? Or is that something that you think needs to shift and how do we then go about doing that? Does that make sense? Well, I think you're asking, what is it about diverse um, people making financial decisions or, or specifically, what is it about women that they bring to the table that makes mm -hmm. the decisions better? And what we found in our research, this was really important to patients and I and when we were doing our research to understand the rationale. It's one thing to look at these trends and to, to pull all the outcomes together and in, into the book, but we really wanted to understand what was it that women were bringing to the table that that was making the outcomes different. And we think that there's three main things. One is that women tend to be more collaborative. So they tend to lean into their networks, to their friends, to bring more voices to the table. Even, even if they're the only ones sitting there, they, they bring the, 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 their knowledge and their um, networks with them. Also, women tend to evaluate risk differently. It's not that they're not risk um, willing to take risks is that they're more risk aware. And the, where this literature really was interesting is in looking at gambling data. 
So men tend to be more willing to take chances based on social pressure. And you think about a scene around a craps table or a poker table that, mm -hmm. that men will make decisions because their buddies have encouraged them to do so. And then if you, you replace that image with what it looks like around a boardroom with all white men, that they're more likely to take a risk, take, take actions based on the social pressures that may not be well thought out, may not be as informed. So women do take risks, but they tend to do it um, in a different way. And then, I think that's and then, exactly fair. Yeah, that's yeah, totally fair. Right? And then, and then also women do tend to be closer to the problems that we're trying to solve. So whether it's um, climate change or the care economy or healthcare, or education, women make up, in many cases, they're the victims more commonly of um, uh, food insecurity before, because of climate change, or they're the ones who are most impacted by a healthcare crisis because they, rec they represent as much as 80% of the consumers of healthcare, whether for themselves or their family members, they also represent 75% of the healthcare workforce um, at all levels. And yet at the top of the, of the food chain in healthcare, whether it's the, the CEOs of insurance companies or pharma companies or the medical directors of um, uh, physician groups or healthcare um, uh, delivery systems, they're only 15% of them are women. So there's this imbalance, and we know that one reason why better decisions are made around a um, financial decision-making table is that when people in the room have had the lived experience and understand the problem that they're trying to solve, they're more innovative, they're looking for different types of solutions. So those are the reasons largely that we think that, that women bring to, um, to these better outcomes. Uh, really uh, unique perspective and one I wholeheartedly agree with. We're going to take another really quick break. We'll be right back. Who says you've got to be big to get things done? We know that size matters in some things, but in other things like marketing, a small and scrappy team like Elevate My Brand can really take your brand to the next level. Our job is to create visibility so you can create profitability. Give us a call today and let's schmooze. All right, thanks for sticking with us, chatting with Robin Russell and Ruth Schaber. These are some of my favorite conversations to have on the podcast because they're so uncomfortable um, and uh, but necessary, right? We need to be having more conversations around financial wealth building, understanding how we as women can have more impact in building a better and brighter future. What are some of the things that you think women can do to educate and empower themselves to have a seat at the table in a more impactful way? Well, I can kick it off and Ruth I'm <laughs> sure has ideas too. I think there are absolutely individual things that folks can do. First, I hope that they'll buy the XX Edge and read it and, and educate themselves and get inspired. It's a really inspiring book. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would invite people to be part of actually a broader movement. Um, I, I certainly think there are things folks can do on an individual level mm -hmm. and but what we're building at the Diverse Investing Collective is we're saying, let's all join arms together and let's move together. I'll be frank with you. We've had a lot of conversations with big asset management firms, big, small, private markets, public, and they all say the same thing to us. We want to hire more women and more people of color to manage more money, but we're not going to do it in a meaningful way, in a more rapid, robust, scaled way. Again, I bring us back to that 14%. 14% of fund managers have been women mm -hmm. for the last 14, you know, for the past 20 years. 
We're not going to do it unless our clients demand it. Demand it. So Mm -hmm. we are very clearly focused on investors. Asset owners and allocators hold all the power. You know, the thing we like to compare this to is, um, you know, I I hate to compare humans to, to, you know, organic food, but organic food 15 (laughs) years ago, right? If you Mm -hmm. wanted organic food, it all started with people going to their grocery stores, their existing places where they shop, where they get their services and saying, Hey, I've been reading the literature. I've been reading the evidence about this. I think it's a good thing, but I don't see any of it on your shelves. Can you please provide more? And lo and behold now, right? This is very commonplace. Organic food is everywhere. So, you know, at the risk of trivializing this, that is what we're trying to do. We're at the beginning of a movement. And so we are asking asset owners and allocators um, to join us um, and to say, we're going to work with a coalition of others to, first of all, get transparency, look in, just even look and see what's the makeup of the teams managing my money? Um, what what does it look like? And we are working with Evestment. They have their diversity and inclusion survey that you can send out to get visibility into the teams managing your money. And then to work with those teams. I mean, divestment is one path, but we're also saying be be advocates and say, hey, you know, what would it look like to bring some more diversity onto this team? Again, not necessarily because it's the right thing to do, although it is, but also because all the literature says that these diverse teams are going to outperform for me in my portfolio. This is a savvy business strategy. So um, I think my email will be in the the show notes, I hope, Laurel, but uh, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L at terrahealthfoundation.org. It's a long email address. You can also check us out on the website. Go to the Terra Health Foundation website and look for the Diverse Investing Collective. We've got a form there you can fill out. My email's listed there too. Shoot me an email. If this resonates with you and you say, I want to be part of a movement, I want to look at how my money's being spent. I want to tell my friends about this. You know, this is an upstream strategy because we absolutely believe how you invest your money matters. You should invest in a way that aligns with your values. You should invest in women founders. You should invest in in climate change, whatever sings to you, but don't forget about who's investing your money because there's an entire system, hundreds of thousands of people. And I can tell you right now, it's controlled by one group. And Mm -hmm. we think it's time to shake that up. It is time to shake that up. I love it. And I love that you, um, it's really just about being vocal, but the form that you have to actually send that out to whoever your wealth management team is, your banking teams, yeah. all the teams that are that have their hands in your money and are making money on your money, people That's listening right. in, That's go right. out there and ask them and hold them accountable. It's really about being vocal. Um, we've got about a minute left. I'd love to wrap up with final words of wisdom about how to how to shake it up and um, how to make change possible. Ruth, I'm going to start with you and then go to you, Robin. Yeah, thank you so much, Laurel, for giving us an opportunity to talk about this. You know, I think that that you you led with this that that women need to lean into the power they have in the financial markets. Don't be scared. It is really important, not just for your own pocketbooks, but for the world. And not only will we be able to diversify an industry that's been really stuck, but we're going to make the world a better place. I love it, Robin. Final words of wisdom for our awesome audience. You have more power than you know. Use it. Mm-hmm. You can, we can change the world. Who controls capital matters. And it's time to change the old system. And, and only those of you with capital can do that. So email me. Let's do it together. <laughs> 
I love it. Thank you so much, Robin and Ruth, for making change possible, inspiring all of us. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next.